This is Mackenzie Milton. This is Steve Levy from ESPN. And you're listening to One Night Stand. And you're listening to One Night Stand. One Night Stand. Hey, c'est condition ça qui t'est passé. Just One Night Stand. Avant toute bagaille t'est commencé. One Night Stand. Pas pensé que c'est ton stand. This is One Night Stand. Presented by First Watch, the official breakfast and lunch sponsor of One Night Stand. What up, Night Nation? It's Louisville Game Week. On today's show, we recap the blowout versus SC State. First game of the season. John Rice Plumley's first start at quarterback. Do a little Louisville preview. Talk a little bit about the rest of college football. USF got absolutely smoked. Some other really crazy games. And as always, Money Moose Picks, Moose Mailbag. Speaking of, I'm here with... Money Moo UCF opened the 2022 season with a quick strike from QB1 John Rice Plumley to the newest wide receiver edition, Javon Baker, for 12 yards for the first watch, first score. Congratulations to Tom Johnson for guessing exactly 12 yards and Javon Baker and winning a $25 gift card to First Watch. The high-flying Knights scored early and often, but it was the defense that looked most impressive. John Rice Plumley had a Madden-like stat line, and the Knights sailed to an easy win. UCF 56, South Carolina State 10. Great tune-up game to start the season. Over 600 yards of offense from UCF. Like you mentioned, the defense played great too. Special teams, eh. But um, first things first, obviously, John Rice Plumley, like you said, 300 yards passing, over 100 yards rushing, four touchdowns. I don't care who you're playing against. Those are great numbers. And, um, you know, he spread the ball around, lots of different weapons. Uh, what are your overall takeaways from watching this game at home? Uh, I think he is who we thought he was. You know, there were some questions about his throwing ability. A little bit of his decision making, um, but the talent was just too good to to pass up and not have him on the field. And I think that's basically exactly what we saw. Um, we saw some Milton like plays, definitely, and you know we saw some kind of high throws, late throws, a um, little bit of everything. But and, I and think some good ones for, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think for a first game. You know, hasn't played quarterback in a couple years and, you know, just getting into this offense. I think, you know, having this tune up game before Louisville couldn't have been a better situation. And yeah, overall, I think it he's as advertised, like I said in the first show, like the ceiling is just too high to not have him on the field. I agree. And, you know, the rushing abilities add kind of like a third uh, dimension or offense like obviously you know we're gonna ground and pound with Bowser uh, a little change of pace with Johnny Richardson Johnny Rockets he looked great he only had um, I think like six carries but it felt like every time he touched the ball was like 10 yards um, and then obviously the passing passing capabilities too which I would say maybe you know obviously it's a small sample size I'd say maybe Mikey would have a little edge on that but the dual threat capabilities just far outweigh the slight edge on passing. And I think, you know, it was pretty clear why we went with JRP 
or why Gus went with JRP in this game. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the rushing ability was something that, you know, we definitely were lacking last year with Mikey. And it's a little bit of a, you know, hold your breath uh, every snap (laughs) kind of thing for me, which is cool. I mean, I like to watch exciting players and with a high ceiling like JRP, you know, he did have some late throws. He did have some high throws, but he had some incredible throws. I mean, Javon Baker. Wow. Like what a stud this guy is going to be kind of reminded me a little bit of Marlon Williams out there. Big physical receiver. I I agree. I kind of saw the same Marlon was sitting right behind me, by the way. Nice. Yeah. And, uh, I thought it was a great showing by Kamori Gamble. I mean, I've never seen, I guess I saw him play in a few Florida games last year. They didn't use him as much as, you know, I think we used him in this game, but this guy is not a tight end. This is just like a really thick wide receiver, <laughs> like <laughs> incredible talent. And I think he had, was it him or no, Javon, it was another touchdown that was just missed by Javon Baker. But yeah, like I said, uh, the team played pretty good. I think Bowser looked a little, something was up. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he I, still had 83 yards, two touchdowns. Like, the stat line was good, but... I felt was, like he was kind of getting hit behind the line of scrimmage a little yeah. bit, too. I, I don't know. Still getting two or three yards. I had to go back and, like, chart that. I don't think he was tackled for a loss ever. No, it, it takes multiple people, but uh, it'd be nicer if, you know, the first contact was past the line of scrimmage. But, you know, I think the O-line played decent. Um, that's, you know, one thing with having a dual-threat quarterback is if we face a team that's got you know, just overpowering defensive line and, you know, everything's breaking down. He doesn't have a lot of time to throw. That's something that can still break apart that defense is, you know, JRP's rushing ability. So that's definitely huge. Um, But yeah, it was nice to see him. He spread the ball around a lot. Saw, you know, a lot of receivers get catches. Both Gamble and Holler were in on a lot. I kind of like that, seeing both those guys because we definitely like them both. And yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of, as expected, but it could have been not as expected. It could have been messy. I mean, obviously he had that he did have that fumble. Um, Ryan O'Keefe came out of absolutely nowhere to uh, run him down and save that touchdown, which actually ended up only you know SC State was only able to get a field goal, so that saved four points, which was huge. You know, tune-up game. He was far away from the play. He didn't have to run and chase him down, but he did, and uh, that's the kind of stuff you like to see to start off a season. Yeah, I mean, think about this. Like, Milton, uh, in, I think, 2016, uh, he threw three picks against this team. 17, I think. 17, but actually, I thought it was pretty funny because, like, the last two times we played this team, it's been exactly 38 to nothing. Yeah. So we get up 21 nothing. I'm like, oh, slow down a little bit. (laughs) I want to keep this going, and... uh, but anyway, yeah, that was the, good. And the spread was 43, which why I was hesitant to take it. But I don't know. I was stuck in the rain, dodging the rain at Burger U. And I was like, ah, screw it. I'll bet on them. And uh, it worked out. It really came down to, you know, we left the starters in for a while. And I saw a lot of people talking about that. And I get both sides of the argument. But I think, you know, with a new quarterback like this and a bunch of new players on offense, it's important to get as many meaningful reps as possible. Uh, in a game like this, heading into the Louisville game, you know, this is their first time all playing together, and it's important to get all those reps in a game like this. So I, I like that we didn't pull everyone until super, super late. How about the defensive side of the ball, though? 
What were your thoughts about that? Very impressed. Told you in the preview show I was very high on the defense, but a couple of guys that we didn't mention at all, and I'm surprised that Brandon didn't know any of these guys. That Walter Yates leading the team in tackles. I feel like this guy was all over the place, like the whole game. He's a transfer from Savannah State. I guess I missed it in the off season when they, there's I mean, so many new, of, there's so many new names on both sides of the ball. Dude, I'm like, this is my guy now, man. Like, I, I love ball hawkers. Like, this guy's everywhere. Yeah. So I'm definitely a Walter Yates fan now. Of course, the studs played lights out. Gene Baptiste. He was he was the, in on every play. It felt like. Yeah. And then, you know, the secondary, I would say, again, as advertised, Hodges, Kobe Perry. How about Nakai Martinez? Got in a little My action. sleeper pick for the year, coming in with a nice corner blitz sack. I thought overall, we couldn't have asked for more from the defense. Yeah, and the D-line, too. Don't forget about them. Uh, lots of pressures, lots of run stuffs. I mean, they could not run the ball at all. Obviously, the game script kind of went against that when we got up early, but... They weren't able to run the ball at all. They were barely able to throw. The DBs, obviously, kind of all returning from last year. And then, like you said, a lot of new faces at linebacker with uh, JJB kind of leading that core. Defense looked great. Offense looked great. I guess the only negative would probably be special teams. Uh, You know, (laughs) Obarski missed that field goal, but... Did go eight for eight on extra points, I guess. A little silver lining. And uh we have to talk about the play heard round the world yeah. in college football. <laughs> Dude. The, the f- guy felt so <laughs> the camera panned on him and he looked so embarrassed. Like and then all of a sudden it just went viral on Twitter. Freaking barstool, like everything. Everybody was picking this up, retweeting it, and I mean, dude, how did he, the funny thing is, he probably would have gotten the first down. It was like fourth and eighteen, or at least close to it. Yeah, I remember we were doing our fantasy draft at uh, at the Hard Rock. PTI was on. You know, they have the topics on the right side. And it was like fake punt with a question mark. Um, that's a cool thing about being one of these Thursday games. Even though we weren't on national TV, play like that might have got lost in the shuffle on the Saturday slate. But instead, it was all over. Not top ten, and like you said, every uh, every major college football account. I don't know. I guess maybe he thought he would fake run it and then punt it at like the last second. And then he kind of ran it further than he thought and just, I don't know, hit all the buttons on the controller. (laughs) (laughs) No, but this actually kind of pisses me off a little bit about special teams coordinator. Like, dude, you have tape on this team. Like, you know, this is a little rugby style punter. You have to keep on like max protect or whatever. Make sure that he doesn't run because the play before it was like fourth and seven and they run a fake even though it was on their own like 30 yard line and they got it. So what yeah. do they do again? It's like we didn't learn the first time. Yeah, I don't know. Just have like a. And he would have got it again. Have a couple. Jesus, have Christmas. a couple like guys sitting there in zone, I guess, you know. Something. An FCS know. team trying to run a fake punt. I don't and know. First off, you can't get it the first time and then they try it again and you weren't ready. Yeah, I don't know. The hell? Maybe we were letting them do that on purpose so Louisville tries some cute stuff next week and we'll actually be ready for it. It'll probably work. Or we did it on purpose and we'll be ready. I don't know. Uh, Dude, but, I forgot about that. I'm big mad. 
<laughs> move big first big mad big of the mad year. about a 46 point win um so yeah offense great defense great special teams and eh, but whatever uh you know all around great game couple other things from the game uh tommy castellanos coming in toward the end and not mikey um i don't know if we're reading too much into that or what uh he had a a nice run um, but what were your thoughts of that and, and not playing Mikey? Uh, I didn't think anything of it. I thought that he wanted to get Tommy some experience. I mean, obviously Mikey has experience and there really was no reason to bring him in Yeah, that late in the fourth. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. It, Mikey is, you know, Mikey's a backup, but you know, knock on wood, injuries happen all the time. And we're very fortunate to have someone with a lot of experience Rather yeah. than last year, like throwing a freshman in with zero experience and expecting the world, you know? Yeah. So, I, I mean, we're in good hands in the QB position. And I think Castellanos just showed the reason why this will be his team one day. Eventually. Yeah. And you're right. There's not much upside to bringing Mikey in. They're not even really meaningful reps. He has all the experience in the world, which, like you said, makes you feel good, especially with, you know, a running quarterback like uh, John Rice he's more likely to get banged up. And that one thing I forgot to mention earlier is, you know, the one negative I would say was maybe, you know, try and get down and take a little bit, uh, take a little bit less hits, you know, when, when he's scrambling around, but whatever. Why do that when you could just run people over? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Um, other things, they're a little bigger at the ACC level. Yeah. Uh, one other thing too, 10 penalties, Need to clean that up, but, you know, like we said, a lot of new faces on both sides of the ball um, to hopefully we play a little cleaner this week against uh, Louisville Friday night. Um, We'll preview that in a little bit. Just a couple other things I want to talk about. Uh, What were your thoughts on the new uniforms? I thought they looked nice. I like the new font. I I mean, that's really the only difference for these, at least, is just the font, I'm pretty sure. I think it's different as long as it's big enough for you to read. I really don't care. I could what it say looks like. <laughs> the numbers could be like twenty percent bigger. Would be the only thing. They'd look a little tiny, but you know, whatever. I, I trust in uh, you know our our design people and everyone in charge of that. So I think they look good. It was a nice, um, not too big of a change. Just kind of an update is what I would call it on the uniforms. Yeah. Oh, but, can I have one other thing in special teams? How about a shout out to Xavier Townsend, dude? The crazy punt return for a touchdown they call it tiki tack holding yeah it was crap to bring it back that was but i think he definitely won at least a punt return job i don't know maybe the kick return job Devon wilson didn't do a bad job um what? back there but I, I thought he had two for like minus two yards okay well he caught the ball oh even worse <laughs> yeah i guess um and also then... he like didn't wear i noticed i wrote this down in my game notes not wearing gloves the old Tristan Hill Why? strategy. I don't know. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Got to feel the he ball. Wears glo- I feel like he wears gloves when he's playing D. Yeah, I don't know. Especially in the in the And rain you like too. might not touch the ball every play. This, you're like guaranteed you're going to touch it. Yeah, and it's one thing for catching the punt because you kind of, you do use, you know, your body. You don't want it to hit off your chest, but you kind of catch it in your arms. But just when you're, you know, running around with it, those gloves are so tacky that it makes a huge difference when someone's trying to rip the ball out. But I mean, clearly he did this on purpose, so I don't know, whatever. Um, also, kickoffs. 
we saw O'Keefe take one and, and Trillian Coles. But like you said, with Townsend, maybe he'll just take the job. Because uh, I kind of like having one guy out there. Like, one guy getting all the reps on the returns, it gives him more chances to get comfortable and, you know, have a better chance at at breaking a big one, in my opinion. So uh, we'll, we'll see if he, he if he takes that job. Um, one other thing, too. RBJ mentioned this on Twitter about the cabana looking empty. And obviously, you know, the optics are not good because you can see the yellow seats. They stick out like a sore thumb facing the TV cameras on the broadcast. So he mentioned something about this. A lot of people replied to the tweet and, you know, talked about how a lot of people, you know, they have those seats, but they like to just hang out in the cabana, which is awesome. If you've been there, it's really cool. You know, the open deck. Um, I don't know. What were your thoughts on, on this whole take? I mean, the demand is there for premium seats, and that's why the cabana was expanded. Now, some people go to the cabana and, you know, they don't sit in their seat the whole time. There's a lot of other areas for them to enjoy the game, the drink rail. You know, there's a lot of other tables to kind of just chill at in the kind of open air area. So you might not be, you know, exactly in your seat at that time. Now, does it look bad for the camera? Eh, yes, sometimes. But again, a weekday game for an FCS opponent, like in the rain, and not even a Friday in the rain, not even a Friday, a Thursday. So, like, if you live, you know, over an hour away, you're not going to go. Just straight up, if you have to work the next day. Okay. Yeah. No, I I get what you're saying. Another thing too, you know, it, it might look bad for a couple shots, but. They also show the overall stadium quite a few times in the broadcast. You see the end zone shots and stuff too. Oh, by the way, shout out to the student section. They had that place packed at kickoff. I know, you know, like kickoff, especially during a rainy game, like no one's in their seats. All the students were packed into the student section, both end zones. uh, They were super loud, which was awesome. And then obviously people trickled in throughout the game, but the students were there early and they were loud and, and that was awesome. And I mean, 12,000 student tickets, like there's no other college football stadium that has that many student tickets. And we've given the past give them been, more. been critical of the students not showing up. Yeah. And uh, I, I think know. the main thing is like the games where I remember students not showing up were like noon Saturday kickoffs. But this is a night game. Like what else are you going to do? as a student, you know, especially living on campus at night, like you go to the game. It's an awesome thing to do. And, um, you know, I, I just hope we carry that momentum throughout the season. Uh, another game topic or stadium topic I wanted to talk about real quick since you were there. Uh, first game where it was alcohol sales throughout the stadium. How was your experience in that? It was cool because, uh, as you guys know, I moved to the stadium club, but I gave my tickets to a buddy, uh, you know, my regular end zone seats. I was able to, you know, go meet up with him. He was like, oh, I'll buy you a beer. He could actually do that, you know, because my regular or those seats weren't in the premium area. So that was neat. You know, the only negative I could see is like people that paid for premium seats just to have alcohol kind of getting uh, upset about that. But I don't know. I mean, it's just another revenue source, and it's kind of silly that we didn't have it. I think all of college football is moving toward that, and I think it's a great thing for the uh, you know the whole stadium experience. So another thing too is the prices are going to go way up next year for the Big Twelve. So like, I get if we stayed in the American, 
having the premium seats uh, or paying for those, you know, having the alcohol exclusive, I guess, add some value, but we don't have to add value anymore because we're going to have a big 12 schedule and your tickets are going to be way worth way more than you paid for them anyway. You know, that's the value added is the big 12, not just the alcohol. So definitely cool. Great timing doing it a year early too. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I mean, I'll be there on Friday for Louisville. Should be fun. Um, Me too. What time are we leaving? Ah, dude, I have no idea. Probably right. early. Like, like six early or nine? I uh, haven't decided yet. All right, just let me know. Definitely excited for that. Uh, all right, so let's talk about the rest of college football. A lot of crazy games. Uh, uh, just so nice to turn on Sports Center, and there's something other than like a bunch of stupid diving baseball catches. A lot of crazy games happen this weekend. Uh, we'll start off with the state of Florida. Number 25, BYU, absolutely destroyed USF 56-21, but the game wasn't even that close as the score. I mean, they started off 38 to nothing. Very embarrassing. Uh, did you catch any of that or the highlights? I know you didn't catch it because you are with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least the highlights. I mean, this is just so sad for them as a – as a football program, I mean, Jeff Scott, third year, like he's selling nothing but hopes and dreams. And it's like, you still haven't turned this thing around. Like these are all of your recruits. I, I can't believe they, sad, man. he didn't let Timmy McLean start either. I don't know. You know, it's like the one, you know, one of the only things that was a good takeaway from last year is he showed a lot of, you know, glimpses of, yeah, I wouldn't say greatness. Well, yeah, greatness, because he's with us now. Glimpses of greatness. Why not ride that momentum into the next season? I mean, they almost beat us at home. And you got a new quarterback that's, you know, in a new program, and, you know, it might be slow starting off. I, I don't know. But always great to see them lose, and especially in that kind of fashion, to a uh, a ranked team. Yeah. Well, the thing I was thinking is, like, I, I think they need a winless season. I mean, look at what it did for us. Like, you that's have like the to one thing rock. they have on us at this point, too. The only thing. dude, you have to hit rock bottom, and I think after that showing, uh, and seeing on Twitter some of the players, they they had a transfer like today. Um, Oof, leave. I don't remember who it is, but uh, yeah, after week one, like you can't even stick out week two. That's the thing <laughs> I like, hate. Forget this. That's the thing I you hate. You wasted all offseason for the one game, and then you quit. That's what I hate about the free transfer thing. And, like, I like that players are free to do what they want, but I feel like, you know, especially a lot of these guys are young, and, you know, they're going to make these rash decisions in the heat of the moment, emotional decisions, you know. In real estate, I always tell people, you know, when you start thinking emotionally and not logically, you can say stuff you don't mean or, or do stuff. And some of just have to take a step back. And, you know, that guy transferring right after the game is a great example of that. Um, having the one year buffer means you really have to stick with that decision and, and deal with it because you're going to have to sit, sit out a year. Um, but I don't know overall, uh, just, you know, nice to see our foes to the West still in shambles. Um, yeah. Um, but again, still, I don't want to say a dangerous team, but definitely not a team to overlook. Nope. Uh, like we did last year, like we were two, three yards away from you know having a completely different, uh, Off you know, outlook on Gus 
yeah. a, a whole off season, everything. So again, like, yeah, we'll not take them lightly. Definitely. And no. you know, another thing too is, you know, even if their season goes miserably and they've only won one or two games, you can make up for an entire bad season by winning that rivalry game. Oh yeah. That That's, could be the freaking turnaround for them. Yeah. So definitely, uh, you know, not going to take them lightly. Uh, Couple other games throughout the state. The Gators barely upsetting number seven Utah. What? Well, not barely. I mean, it was a good game back and forth, but the Gators are down four, scored a touchdown with like a minute 20 left, and then let Utah drive it all the way back down to the six yard line. Uh, you know, they had a couple chances at a touchdown. At worst, they could kick a field goal to tie it, send it to overtime, and they throw an interception. Dude, I want Florida to go undefeated this year. We were their last loss. That's Let's true. Let's go. All right, that's true. And um, Why not? Richardson looks good, man. That game in 2024, if he's still there, I don't know. It'll be fun in the swamp. But yeah, big upset of number seven, Utah. Also, last night, the FSU-LSU game. That was insane. I fell asleep at halftime. I think it was like 7-3, to three. Uh, obviously still recovering. I from went to bed at halftime as well. Fantasy football course, weekend. <laughs> uh, my daughter woke me up at like 1 o'clock in the morning. I was like, oh, game's probably over. Check. <laughs> hey, Florida State. Yeah, nice nice pick by you. Uh, that one was nuts. I guess we'll talk about that during picks, though. Uh, we can skip over that. All right. Some other notable games, future opponents or conference foes. Number 19, Arkansas beat number 23, Cincinnati, 31-24. Again, scores closer in the game. Arkansas was up 14 in the beginning and also up 14 with like five minutes left since he scored late but didn't really mean anything. Um, There was a debate on this on Twitter also. Do we want them to win? I'm always in the camp. I want all of our future opponents to win so then when we beat them, it's worth more, but it's kind of a win-win with a rival like this. Uh, so they lost. A um, couple other ones. Temple smoked by Duke, thirty to nothing. They are in perpetual suck. They perpet- they're worse than USF. Yeah, they're awful. Um, ECU almost pulled off a huge upset versus number thirteen NC State. They were down twenty-one-seven at halftime. Cut it to just one score late, and then scored a touchdown. Missed the tying extra point, a theme for week one, but held them to a three and out, got the ball back with over two minutes left, and then missed the 43-yard field goal to win. Dude, what did I tell you all last week? I said the one game to watch out for is East Carolina. Yeah, a little in-state rivalry game for NC It's in, in Greenville. We're god-awful away from the bounce house. Yeah. They're on the up-and-up. Holt Nailers is like 40 years old. I think he's our age. I'm telling you right now, we need to watch out for the East Carolina game. If you follow me on Twitter, at MoneyMooUCF, right now I have my projected betting lines that I update every single week. After all the games are played right now, the projected line at ECU is only UCF minus three and a half. Dangerous. Right now, that seems to be the hardest game that we have left on our schedule. Um, harder than Cincinnati? Harder than Cincinnati. Interesting. It changed a little bit because of Cincinnati losing. Um, but yeah. It was, also, I mean, it, was a, it was a good loss, though. I mean, it was a ranked team. It's not like it was just some nobody. Yeah. 
plus Cincinnati's at home, and you know we get a ton of points for being at home. Actually, I have ECU minus four. It's the SMU game minus three. So those are our two hardest games left. But as of right now, I have us favored in every game remaining on the schedule. Running the table, 13-0. and All right, a couple other conference games real quick. Navy, Tulsa, Memphis also lost, and not a conference game, but did you see that UNC game versus Appalachian State, or like the highlights at least? I did see the very end. Yeah, just like defense <laughs> 40, just decided not to show well, up. 40 points scored in the fourth quarter, and I'm not going to try and recap it. You can watch it, but Appalachian State scored and missed the two-point conversion. Tried the onside kick. UNC guy only had to fall on it to like end the game. They could just kneel it out, but instead takes it back for a touchdown to give Appalachian State the ball back again. They score again, go for two, miss it again, and then I think the game was finally over. That was nuts. Uh, Mac Brown doing the Antonio Brown celebration in the locker room was funny. Um, I don't know. Just a crazy first week of college football overall. Just a nice reminder of why college football is so awesome between the upsets and just the crazy back and forth. Um, it feels good to be back. So I'm very, very excited for the rest of this season. Oh, yeah. Gotta love it. Especially, like, even though I had to work today, it was nice water cooler talk. I had to, like, waste an hour <laughs> talking about college football with it's, all of my bosses. It's it's definitely great. Um, I guess one other thing, too, before we move on. the um, On Friday, the college football playoff committee voted to expand the playoff to 12 teams starting in 2026, but possibly sooner if they can, like, work out the logistics. Um it's good because it gives us an easier route to the playoff, but we also have a route being in the Big 12. All we have to do is, you know, run the table or one loss and win the conference, and we should have a seat there. Uh, but it's definitely excited that it's just going to be more inclusive overall and more football at the end of the season between great teams is going to be great because the, the great thing about football is like, you know, any given Sunday or Saturday and making these teams play to fight for the championship is going to be awesome. There's going to be huge upsets, and at worst, you're just going to see a bunch of cool matchups between teams and other conferences, which normally are just relegated to bowl games that are meaningless now, but these will actually be meaningful, and it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, I mean, even though we're going to the Big 12 to have our own path, I am still 100% for this. I think 12 maybe is a little more than I wanted. I was kind of for eight but um anyway yeah like you said it best if you we get more football i'm i'm all for it just the one thing is like and it's inevitable it's going to happen it might not be right away but we're gonna make a run in the playoff and you know with 12 teams that could be three very very expensive trips um not mad about it but it uh i don't know it'll be awesome overall and um probably a lot of heartbreak involved with that too you know just the more Playoff chances means the more playoff losses, you know, 11 teams will be heartbroken at the end of the year. But I mean, it was inevitable. Once they went to four, it was just a matter of time before they went to more than that. And, um, you know, great to see some progress finally happening with that. All right. Now it's time for our favorite segment, Money Moves. Picks of the Week. One and one to start off the season. Our one loss was with Ohio State. 
You know, I kind of underestimated Notre Dame's defense, and uh, they've got some questions to figure out. Ryan Day and his offense definitely should have covered. Actually, had a chance at the end. Definitely should have covered. I mean, the game was super close until the end. Twenty-one ten. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. I was going back and forth between through my eyeballs. <laughs> I couldn't watch both games at the same time. <laughs> uh, anyway. Big, big win with Florida State. Final score a little deceiving. Dude, I thought Florida State way outplayed LSU all night. Dominated. I told you Brian Kelly was a dumpster fire. I mentioned that specifically last week. It's his first game. And hey, what do you know? Their star number one wide receiver, Kayshawn Boutte, first reported by Brent McMurphy, deciding to transfer probably yeah, there's a huge speak, rumor speaking that of he's going to transfer people and transferring called, overreacting after one game <laughs> so the rumor is they had like a huge fight between him and brian kelly after the game and he called brian kelly a quote fake ed orgeron <laughs> hey <laughs> coach o is cool so that's still kind of a compliment well maybe not fake Dude, I don't know. I'm not a fan of this guy, and clearly you can see why. I like uh, him. He's He was a winner. Uh, I forget where he was before Cincy, but he was a winner at Cincy. He was a winner at Notre Dame, I mean, consistently. He could never get them kind of into that upper echelon with, like, Alabama, Ohio State, but he was always in the mix, uh, you know. I, I think he'll do good at LSU. You can't overreact after one game. I mean— we were talking about what happened if we lost USF last year. What happened if we never came back down 21 nothing versus Boise last year? The hot takes would be firing on Gus. So just saying, one game, none of these are his recruits. I think he'll be good. He just needs some time. All right, one and one last week. This week, I had two big picks. The first pick, we're going to take Memphis minus six and a half at Navy. Look, last week, Memphis got beat 49-23 by Mississippi State, but you look at the box score and all the stats, look, Memphis only had the ball for 18 minutes. They got gashed in the air. Dude, Mike Leach with the air raid offense, Will Rogers, going ham on Memphis. Usually you can beat him with the run. They got beat by the pass. Actually, stout on the run. Key note there. Navy doesn't throw. They only run. Navy hmm. lost to Delaware. <laughs> Navy got gashed by the pass, but they were stout on the run. Hmm. See where I'm going with this? A little bit. Memphis quarterback Max Hennigan slinging it all over the place. Navy can't stop the pass. Memphis can't stop the pass. Navy only runs. Memphis only passes. It's like a win-win, perfect matchup for Memphis to go into Annapolis. Take Memphis minus six and a half at Navy. All right. What do we got next? Another big pick? Another huge pick. The biggest pick probably of the season. And I only say that because you might not get another chance to bet this team. You didn't last year. I'm taking the UCF Knights. Yes, Minus six and a half now versus Louisville. My power ranks say it should be minus 13 and a half. So the perfect touchdown worth of value. That's what I look for when I put money on UCF. 
touchdown. Usually plus. only get it one or two times a year. This is one of them. UCF 31 and two over the last five years at the bounce house. First time Louisville is coming in to play last week. Louisville fell flat on their face against Syracuse. This is back-to-back road games for Louisville. Big travel jet lag with them going from Louisville to Syracuse. I know you don't really know where those two areas are uh, uh, on a map. Syracuse, Oklahoma? No. <laughs> well, no, not only that, but, dude, that game was Saturday night. It was a late game Saturday night, so they're not getting back to Texas or wherever Louisville. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Kentucky. Uh, until Sunday, and it's a short week, you know, heading down to Orlando for Friday. That's You're right. That's a lot. That's definitely going to factor in. And with UCF being extra prepared, haven't left Orlando, playing on a Thursday game, so two full extra days of rest, as long as we can contain Malik Cunningham. Look, we didn't last year. It's one of the biggest reasons why we lost. We have a ton of film on this guy. Look, it's the same defensive coordinator. It's a lot of the same people. We have to learn from the mistakes that we made last year. Huge revenge game for UCF. I'm sure the players are going to be hyped up. You know, Gus. Gus takes these things personal, too. And, um, you know, the way that game ended, you know, Dylan getting hurt and whatnot, I I don't know. I, I, I think we just stomp him coming back into the bounce house, which is a huge factor, not being on the road, too. UCF defense, a ball-hawking turnover machine. Last week, Louisville, three turnovers against Syracuse. Wasn't careful with the ball. I am 7-0 all-time when picking UCF. And I, I had to go back in the history books. It's over 10 years. Over 10 years since I have been to a UCF home game and we didn't win. I will be in the house Friday. It, it's just, it's going to happen. There's no way. Perfect 7-0. and They never lose when I'm there. 31-2 and over the last five years. Double revenge. It's Gus 7-0 and when you pick them, too. Six and a half. Still think it's going to be a close game, but I like, like a 31-21 kind of thing. The fans will be in the stands. I'm telling you. UCF minus six and a half. I'm going to eight and zero. Put the mortgage, the second mortgage, the firstborn. Pink UCF, slips on the baby, car. Let's go. You're gonna bet Emily on the game. That means a lot. <laughs> I don't know what the equivalent of that would be for me. I'll I'll bet my dogs. Um, but I'm with you, man. And you know, since we're talking about low game predictions, I'm gonna have to go thirty-eight to ten. All right. I mean, dude, Louisville, I mean, they looked like crap last week, but you know, the biggest change is between week one and week two. That's like how the rest of your season is going to go. Like, how did you turn yourself around from what you saw in the first week? And if I had to put money behind it, which I am, um, give me the team that, you know, they have the film. It's the same quarterback. They haven't left home. And we're so much you know, better. Double revenge. It's you know, personal. It, it's just everything. The home field advantage, too. I mean, Louisville didn't really have one last year, so I mean, I guess that's not an excuse for us losing, but we will have one, and that's going to mess with Cunningham on offense. He's their biggest threat. He's their only threat, 
And I think our D-line gets after him. I think he's going to make some errant throws, and our ball-hawking DBs are going to be ready for it to turn him back into points. Uh, I'm hyped, man. I'm hyped just talking about this. I can't wait. Friday night, baby. What's the total, by the way? Because I didn't see I didn't see them post the total. Uh, one sec. I Actually, as you were doing that pick, went on my bookie's website to bet. <laughs> I put 500 on. To uh, motivation. Six, Sixty-one and a half. I think the under. Yeah, I'm thinking. I mean, I said thirty-one twenty-one. So, yeah, under all under. day. I don't think we give up more than like two touchdowns at most. But that's why they play the games. And if history tends to be somewhat right, then that means we'll probably both be pretty wrong in our score predictions. I'm excited, man. I, I'm not nervous. I'm just super excited because I know there's a ton of listeners that, you know, follow my picks and they, they ask me like every week, like, dude, when are you going to give the blessing? When are you going to give the blessing? Like, <laughs> it's true. We need UCF. And like, I, it only, I stick to the same parameters that I do with all of my bets. Like he's a system guy. It's just the system that I use. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. But when it know the system understands this team for whatever reason over the years and, seven and oh when when it picked it seems to always be at the beginning of the year too like last year was boise state because you can get uh, the value yeah actually i don't think i had one in 2020 2019 it was stanford big blowout big cover 2018 i think it was like it was actually 2018 was the american conference championship game where yeah i was sweating in the first quarter but a big (laughs) cover at the end like oh dude we're fine. It just works, bro. It, it works. I can't wait till Friday. But, you know, that's why we do this podcast. We get hyped. We hype everyone else. Let's recap the picks, and then we'll do Moose Mailbag and send you guys on your way. We're going to take Memphis minus six and a half at Navy and your UCF Knights minus six and a half against Louisville. Let's get, get that, that money. money. Last up, we've got Moose Mailbag, where we answer all your questions. Thank you always for your submissions. Please subscribe, rate, and review. First question from Luke1193. What's the biggest weakness on offense, defense, and special teams? What's the biggest strength? Six questions wrapped into one. All right, so I'm going to try to answer every part of this. So first, biggest weakness on offense. (sighs) It's tough, but if there was any weakness whatsoever, I think they don't really have one. I don't know. That's like the cop-out answer, but I guess the offensive line. And I only say this because, dude, JRP, like, isn't in the pocket 24-7, if you know what I mean. So, like, with him scrambling all over the place, if I was an offensive lineman, which I've never been, uh, (laughs) and I was trying to block the guy in front of me, but I wasn't sure where my quarterback was, so I didn't know where I should be blocking the guy to. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's tough. Like, it's if tough. you have a pocket quarterback, like, you know, okay, he's right behind you. But, like, JRP could be anywhere. That's my one – that would lightning. be my one weakness on offense. Weakness on defense, it's not anything about this team, but it's just in years past we cannot defend mobile quarterbacks, like, yep. for shit. And this freaking Malik Cunningham, I'm telling you, it's all right. We're going to figure it out this week. Um, special teams <laughs> goes without saying. 
Yep. Uh, Next question. <laughs> biggest strengths on the offense has to be the wide receiving core. Love it. Biggest strengths on the defense, the secondary as advertised. And biggest strengths on special teams, Xavier Townsend. Awesome. Great answer there. Just chock full of knowledge. That's that's why we do this. All right, next question, Moo. This next one is from BSD Nightmare. Am I the only one that thought vintage Star Trek when I saw those shirts on the sideline? I guess what he's referring to is, you know, yeah, some of picture. the coaches. The picture I tweeted, like, yeah. Different colored UCF shirts, pretty close to, you know, what Scott Frost uh, had with like the red, green, yellow. Christmas. Dude, this was like a weird orange and like a purple or something. It's like a burnt. All right. So the there was a regular orange. There was a like a burnt yellow, which reminds me of the T-shirts we, I think, UCF sold for the Texas game. That very dark gold or something. And then we had a baby blue, too. Um I didn't really watch Star Trek, but I do know what you're talking about. It kind of reminded me of like the old vintage ga- uh, Florida Gator uniforms when they got like the, maybe they didn't. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm remembering like a powder blue logo with orange. I don't know. It's cool though. It stands out and it's different. The Christmas, you know, the red, the green, out with the old staff and with the new. I, I like them. All right. Next question from Corey Esquinazzi. What game scares you most on the schedule? It's got to be East Carolina. Look, yep. none of the home games really scare me. It's on the road. Really, any of the road games scare me. Um, but especially after the way East Carolina played NC State this weekend, we need to show up to the game. Gus will have them prepared. I agree. One other one, obviously, you know, Memphis. That's always a tough game when we go up to Memphis. Uh, no matter how they're doing in the season, probably going to be tough. The Liberty Bowls probably i would say the loudest stadium in our conference away stadium to play at so that might be one too but i i I agree i think ecu definitely uh probably the the scariest one all right next question is from steve george top three tailgating slash memory mall memories hmm well i mean the thing about memory mall is you really don't remember much if you did it right um hmm the ice bucket that was fun I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, I think that was our first year uh, tailgate. Conference championship? Somebody maybe? had this like giant ice bin. For some reason, you like took your shirt off and jumped in it. Good times. That picture like always comes goes yeah. up on my timeline. <laughs> One, uh, obviously, I think it goes without saying, college game day. I think that counts as a memory mall uh, memory. That was a good one, too. Um I wasn't there, but that uh, that awesome fight that went viral last year was pretty cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy likes saving the chicken wing on the grill. <laughs> <laughs> the game day was really awesome, too, because it was also my 30th birthday, and they had a surprise kind of party. I had balloons and cupcakes, and all my friends were there. It was a good time. Just tailgates in general is when you get all your closest friends, especially – you know, from college, you don't get to see everyone from college together, but it's like one thing that unites everyone a few times a year, and that's what makes not just tailgating, but college football so special. All right. Dude, I have to say – oh, I have one more. Oh, go. I don't know why, but for like for some reason last year, even though it was so long, dude, the Boise State tailgate, just because there was hours upon hours of just – the tailgate lasted for like 12 hours. 
just wet. I was super tired, but you it get was fun because like nobody knew. Yeah, nobody knew when it was going to start, and everyone was kind of you know super excited because it was like the first you know full capacity game after the pandemic and the rain and eh. I don't know. I, I, had, I, I thought it was fun. It was kind of fun. I just remember like it was just like every hour there'd be some update. It'd be like oh forty five more minutes or like an hour 30 or whatever the time frame was. And we get like right up to that. And then there'd be like one random lightning strike and they send out another update. Yep. But yep. another round of nooners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, de- definitely good times. Uh, it's always fun taking a trip down memory lane. All right. Um, yeah. Last couple here, Joshua Clark, Tuna Rice 2. He asks, how do you feel the rest of the American conference will do? And how does that impact us? Um, you know, it's kind of like week one, so <laughs> I don't want to overreact to too much. But you know, I said last week I thought East Carolina was going to be a good team. Um, Houston's a good team. I think Cincinnati is still a good team. Um, they had a tough game on the road against Arkansas. Houston's going to be right there. I don't think anyone outside of us and those three are going to give it a run for their money. You know, Memphis is not who they used to be. Um, there's really no other team outside of Houston, SMU, Cincy, us, and ECU. Yep, which makes, you know, because we don't play Houston, I mean, that the game versus Cincy and the game versus SMU are going to make or break the season here. So, but a lot of football to be played till then. Um, one more? Yep. Last question. This one is from UCF Bagman Capital Management. What's up, Chris? Gus kind of looked a bit tired in his last few pressers. Hot take. Could we be seeing the last year of him coaching and we're just internally prepping for T-Will to ultimately take over? Definitely not the last year. I mean, let's be real. This guy came here to win a national championship. And, you know, maybe if this was his seventh or eighth year or whatever, um, I mean, he's just getting started here. It'd be cool for T-Will to eventually take over, but 10, 12, there's so much unfinished business. He's just getting started. Yeah, I mean, I like the question because it's a bit out of left field, but way too deep of a dive. Dude, Gus is here. I don't know why he looks tired. Yeah, well, it's a night game (laughs) that lasted, you know, a while. I'm sure the press conference, you know, after you address the team and everything, I'm sure he was on the podium at like 12, maybe 1 a.m. Of course he's going to look tired. If you looked at any of us after the game, we would also look tired. That's just normal. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, T-Will loves Orlando. He has two young kids. Dude, there's nowhere else better to raise a family than Orlando. You got tons to do. There's all kinds of different people. They're not going to leave. And watch the leave. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta cue the uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, yeah, that's me. No, I'm with you. I mean, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, maybe. Well, 20 might be a bit much. But like I said, though, he's just getting started. He came here with a purpose. He saw the opportunity with UCF. He knew we, you know, we we're on the cusp of joining a big conference and the playoff was going to expand with NIL and everything like that. We're just getting started, man. All right. Let's wrap this up. A um, couple other things real quick. Mackenzie Milton joining the broadcast team with Mark Daniels as a sideline reporter. It's always good to get experience like this. Uh, you look at a guy like Leger Doosable. 
kind of coming out of nowhere, not really any experience with color commentating or anything. And now it's pretty much a regular on ESPN. Like, yep. uh, calling games, you know, dude, there's so many different games to call and there's so many different commentators, but like now if you're on ESPN plus, like you're still getting a decent TV rating. Whereas like back in the day, you know, I remember there was some games, you know, in the Oh seven, I think there was one, there was one or two games where, like, it was just on, like, Bright Radio. House Sports Network, right, which yeah. used to be spec- uh, Spectrum, used to be Bright House. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, I mean, it, to call a game on ESPN, like, it's pretty neat. Yeah, it, it's awesome. So, I just feel like this is kind of getting his foot in the door to do whatever something like this. Yeah, or maybe end up coaching one day. Who knows? You know, when you go to college, you think, you know, you pick a major, oh, I'm going to do this. But until you get into the real world, you actually have no clue. And even through most of your 20s, most people have no idea. You got to try stuff. See what you like. See what you're good at. See what you don't like. Anything where McKenzie can be close to the program in any capacity is awesome. You got anything else? Yeah, absolutely. Now that's uh, pretty much it. We're going up to the uh, the game for Friday. Be there, I don't know, early. <laughs> Haven't figured out when we're getting there. But, to, to be determined. It should be a great day. Hopefully, no rain. That kind of put a damper on the last tailgate. Find us. I I plan on wearing the Money Mood jersey. Very nice. So um, I won't be in highlighter or no, neon gold, as I call it. Um, but hey, it said UCF fans wear last week, so I, you know, I took it literally. Oh, yeah. Is it a blackout or what? I meant to mention this earlier, but... So it's supposed to be a blackout, but Cincinnati just tweeted something out like an hour ago saying... You mean Louisville? <laughs> Louisville. <laughs> Hold on, just now, trust us. We now, know who our opponents are. Now I got to go back and find the tweet to make sure I didn't say that about Cincinnati and get confused. Uh, no. All right. Louisville tweeted. They said Friday Night Lights on deck with... Uh, like blackout uniforms and graphics. So I don't know what's going on with that. Stay maybe tuned. their social media like isn't as good as ours. Well, and they're actually not wearing black. Maybe they're definitely not as good as ours, but um, they also might just be wearing black. I don't know. Um, we just had a fun weekend after the game. We went down to uh, the Hard Rock in Miami, a little fantasy football draft weekend, getting the boys together. Did our draft. Uh, not happy i did a panic pick and took Mahomes in like the third round when there was a bunch of really good skill players available so not happy about that but overall the team's good we'll see what happens and um we did that friday a lot of gambling a lot of losing we just kind of transferred our money around to different people (laughs) but it stayed in the group that's a great way to put it and then uh golf saturday had uh you know a little, little pool after, nice dinner. It was a full weekend. And then we were back yesterday with plenty of time to recover today. So looking forward to making that an annual tradition. Um, anything else? No, I think that's it. Uh, we'll see you at the game on Friday. Hit us up. We'll probably be in. You know where to find me at least at halftime at that Jeremiah's booth. Money move. <laughs> the beacon of <laughs> the consistency. The tradition. Hit us up. Uh, I don't know where we'll be, but... Other than that, go to the game if you can. No excuses. Friday, no one's working Saturday. Huge revenge game versus Louisville in the bounce house. Can't wait. And we'll see you guys all there. Go Knights. Charge on.
Contamination. Contamination. <laughs>